This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing. You want a real, full-flavored American lager? Crack a Stoney's. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and with us is our analyst with the most from the West Coast, Brad Lambert. Brad, how is the weather doing outside of our current East Coast monsoon season? Uh, it's certainly rather nice out here on the West Coast, so I can't complain whatsoever. That's wonderful. That's wonderful, man. Well, let's get into the Tampa game where the Steelers just earned their first win of the season, finally. And um, we were talking last week on the telephone about Fitch Magic. And you told me on the phone that you thought he was going to have a letdown game, and you were 100% correct. Yeah, it was uh, more fit tragic than fit magic. <laughs> um, three picks in the uh, second quarter, which uh, allowed the Steelers to uh, jump up on the Bucks real quick, including a pick six by Bud Dupree. So mm-hmm. that was a heck of a quarter by the defense. Um, but... Uh, i uh, got to say, I was a bit disappointed to see uh, us blow a 20-point lead and uh, almost uh, lose the game. That was uh, too much stress for my liking. <laughs> well, it seems that this year the league is set up that way. No lead seems to be safe in just about any game played. Heck, I was watching the Rams game last night, The best, one of the best offenses in the league, putting up 38 points and still don't know if they're going to win the game in the, late in the fourth quarter until they get a defensive stop. They, they still let up 31 against Minnesota. So this is a yeah, scoring it, lead it now, seems it seems like. It, yeah, it seems like it is an offense-driven league, and obviously with all the flags, I think it's becoming more and more apparent. Uh, Ryan Chazier tweeted last night something along those lines that, you know, people don't seem to care about defense anymore, and it's all about points and stats and you know, big plays where, you know, I kind of agree with Ryan. I I wish, uh, you know, I missed the hard-hitting, um, you know, defensive kind of games as well. Uh, nobody likes a, a stalemate and nothing happening, but at the same time, you know, there are some incredible players in the NFL defensively who, uh, I mean, look at what Khalil Mack's doing in Chicago. Yes. So, I mean, that's what you want to see. A uh, little change of pace on both sides of the ball, but right now it seems to be offense. And, and so, I agree completely, and I think it's tough also for defensive players knowing going into games now it seems like, you know, generally defensive players are paid a little bit less than offensive players, and now they are more likely to get hit with fines and big fines for hits or hitting the quarterback now in a certain way that has to be completely specific, otherwise you're going to draw a flag and then possibly a fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot a lot of these roughing the passer calls are just ridiculous. Um, you know, the one call against Ben drew a lot of uproar where Jason Pierre-Paul kind of hit his helmet and mm. Ben fell down. I'm sure Ben had a little bit, 
you know, of acting involved, so we'll give him an Oscar. But at the same time, you know, Pierre Paul has a bit of a club there on his, uh, you know, right hand or whatnot. So um, regardless, he, he came down and tomahawk chopped the top of his head. So anytime you make contact with the head on any player, let alone a quarterback, you should be flagged. So, and it was kind of unnecessary. I didn't think his movement required that motion of coming down on Ben's head. So, yeah, I'm saying it was intentional, but, um, you know, so, but most of the other calls were kind of sketchy and, you know, it seems to be an issue. Clay Matthews, I mean, if he, that poor guy gets another personal foul called on him for oh, roughing gosh. the passer, I think he's going to pull a Vontae Davis and quit at halftime. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. He's really frustrated and it's understandable the way if you view those hits. And also, I do understand the rule of, you know, you're not supposed to be landing on a quarterback this season. And it's to protect the quarterback from, obviously, these huge linemen or linebackers putting their body weight on the quarterback and affecting the quarterback. I saw the Steelers also get called for that with, I think it was, was it Sean Davis landed on him with all 180 pounds of his frame, uh, which I think he gave up some weight to uh, Fitzpatrick, but still got a, Sean, Sean came off the edge and yeah. lit him up. Yes. I mean, that was that was a lot. I mean, he's a big dude to begin with, and mm. he's very athletic and quick. So when he came off the edge and hit Fitzpatrick, I'm surprised he got up because Sean crushed him. So I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. Maybe five years ago that hit fine, but yeah. in today's NFL, can't do that. Now, to me, it, it looked, looked like, like the hit, hit was, was still within the strike zone, but he landed on him with his body. So I wasn't sure if you saw it the same way or than from me. Uh, it, it was more, I think, the ferocity of the hit than okay. landing on top of them. Um, I, I, it, it's just so irritating now. I mean, every play there's a flag, and there are no big hits anymore. I'm kind of surprised Joe Hayden didn't get flagged for the breakup he had. I believe it was in the first quarter on the third and long. Mm-hmm. Kind of set the tone for the game. Um, other than Vance McDonald, uh, <laughs> far from hell. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised Hayden didn't get a flag for that, but he timed it perfectly and it was a legal hit, but because it was so physical, I expected it to be laundry on the field. Yeah. And that just seems to be the way that fans are watching football. Now we're watching to see, we're excited for the good play, but there's still this anxiousness of waiting to see if a flag's going to pop out. And to me, that's a different way to watch football than what I, the way I'd been grown up and watching. I agree. I mean, at the same time, I think it's going to get to the point where if they keep throwing flags at, at the rate they are currently, I, I think you're going to have to add a reviewing the penalty, you know, challenge because some of these are just wrong. You know, and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. But, you know, I think it might get to that point where it's like, I'm going to throw the flag to review that penalty because I don't think it was a personal foul, and here's why. Yes. And then go to the board, and it'll make the game longer. But, I mean, that's the only thing you can really do to negate the, you know, rate of penalties that are being called. At least uh, there are, were some bright spots defensively in the game that we got to view. It was nice to see Joe Hayden come back. It was nice to see um, Hilton and Dupree and Bostic play well on defense. Um, what was your gauge for the defense this week as opposed to the previous two? Going into this week, they said they were going to simplify the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did that. I think uh, a lot of the players looked more comfortable. 
obviously adding Joe Caden back is better in presence, and he's a phenomenal player. I think that helps boost the defense a ton. Um, I agree with you. I think Hilton and Bostic and Dupree had a heck of a game. Um, but uh, honestly, I mean, we, we got to talk about the other corner. Yeah. Hardy Burns, that, that guy, very similar to Boswell, does not have a lot of confidence right now, and it's showing. And yes. uh, in anything that you do, if you don't have confidence in yourself, you're second-guessing every little thing you do. Yeah. And in football, those decisions come so quick. Yeah. So one second of hesitation on whether you should look for the ball or look at the receiver or, you know, flip your hips. I mean, that delays, and that's how you get burnt all the time. And even, you know, Burns was saying at practice, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, he's like, I'm not playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah. And I, I think that's pretty obvious. And that's, that's the, the position, position that you need the most confidence, obviously. You have to have a short memory. Um, he seemed to be in body position for a lot of those plays. Uh, it's just getting your head around and, and being um, aware of where the football is and the situation is on the field. I, I think he's still close, but he's got to work through it. And uh, hopefully he can work through it. He's got the size, he's got the speed, and he has the talent that if he puts it together, he can be very, very good man-to-man corner. I agree. I mean, we've seen flashes from him the last few years. I think he can be a very good, consistent corner. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's in a rut. And, uh, you know, he's got to just kind of clean the slate and go out there and play, not yeah. think, and just run on his instincts because he's, he is a heck of a player. And uh, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of Steeler fans are making him out to be at the moment. But, I mean, you'll do that when every time you're essentially out on the field, you're giving up big plays and touchdowns. But, you know, you've got to let this guy work through what he's going through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's either going to, you know, bounce back or not. But uh, luckily we have a veteran such as Cody Sensiball and we have Cam Sutton as well yep. that we can kind of plug in there and get some reps. So um, hopefully this week uh, I'd like to think that these receivers uh, that Baltimore has are uh, less of a challenge and threat as opposed to the uh, – receivers we've seen the last few weeks so hopefully this is a a good bounce back game for Artie Burns and let's flip sides of the field now and talk about the offense because they did have a really nice offensive explosion in the first half uh, which was ended up being highlighted by of course Big Ben and and earning the offensive player of the week honors this week yeah I mean Ben played Ben Ben has been incredible Mm -hmm. so far this season um, I, I think if the defense uh, stood up a few more times, I think we could be undefeated. Uh, Ben's played really, really well. He had a rough first game, um, but I think he's, he's been very, very good so far. I mean, he's thrown the ball 50, 60 times a game, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. You would think those numbers would be way less, but the way he's throwing the football right now, I'd let him throw 70 times. I mean, he's, he's doing that well. And uh, the surprise guy right now is obviously Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, yes. That guy's really come to play in his sophomore season. Uh, a lot of people might have thought he would have had that sophomore slump, but obviously uh, averaging over 100 yards in the first three games of the season, um, you know, he's, he's not playing around. No, you're right. And how nice is it to see a fully healthy Vance McDonald? Man, you know, coming, in, coming into the team, they were talking about this guy as a big, strong, athletic tight end. Yes. And you know what, man, when, when he caught that first pass, 
which is a little drag route. Yeah. He turned upfield and ran through two defensive guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, I, I see you, Dan. Like, uh-huh. he, he looked quick. He wants to impose his will on the other players, and he did that first play. And, and we all know what happened that second play. And that, honestly, was one of the greatest stiff arms I've ever seen. Um, he just – that man has a family, and he just embarrassed him yeah. <laughs> on national TV. An aggressive stiff arm, one of the most aggressive I've ever seen, and unfortunately he ended his season with that stiff arm, it seems, as well. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, you never want to see injuries like that, but he's not playing to injure the man. He's playing to make a big play, and he did make a big play and ended up finishing off for a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, I mean, the, the stiff arm itself would have been great even if he, you know, knocked him down and ran out of bounds or something, but the fact that he – just manhandled him, threw him backwards, and kept running down the field for a 75-yard touchdown. That was insane, honestly. One of the and, and Cam Hayward's reaction. I think we all saw that as Steelers fans on the sideline dropping down to one knee with a holy shit face and pointing <laughs> down at Conti. Uh, I think that was pretty great. So um, I, I think you know a lot of they always say there's one or two plays that define a season or set the tone for a season, and I think we saw the team really respond after that. Yeah, and uh, it was unfortunate that right after that, Boswell misses the extra point. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that I, I feel for Boswell. I don't think a lot of people get it. They're like, "Oh, he's a kicker. He should be doing this." But kicking is so difficult because it is a confidence, uh, one of the most confidence-driven positions on the field. It because is because if you don't believe in yourself, you are gonna miss everything, and that's what he's doing right now. It's so, a I mental mean, position. It, it, it's, You're right. Yeah, and it, I could notice one thing, too, at least about Boz that I wanted to add is he doesn't seem to be missing by much. He's hitting uprights, which is even more difficult to do than put it in, but obviously obviously we're trying yeah. to get it in between the uprights. But he's not yeah. shanking it. He's not Vanderjack missing by 10 yards to the left or the right. I mean, he's he's putting it like in, within the strike zone. He's just missing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that doesn't matter. You, yeah. you make it or you don't. It doesn't matter by how much or how little. Right now he's missing, and that's bad. Um, you're, you are right. It's close. Um, but those are the little minuscule details that he's overthinking right now as a kicker and where he's striking the football and where he's following through. And I don't think a lot of people realize, last year Boswell single-handedly won, I think, four or five games for the Steelers you yes. know, in the last oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> waning moments of games. So he never cost us games, yeah. you know what I mean, where he was just so clutch. That's why they gave him this big contract, and he deserved it. Yes. But starting the year to you know, essentially cost us a game versus Cleveland you know, and ending in a tie, yeah. that was the first time that's happened in Boswell's young career, mm-hmm. and he took that to heart, man. Yeah. And you've seen that since. He, he can't get that out of his mind, yeah. and he's going to have to fight and get through it, but I think people got to realize that. This is a guy who just experienced, you know, in week one, his first miss at cost the Steelers a win, yeah. and, and right now that, that seems to be weigh, you know, weighing on him heavily. So hopefully he can find that, you know, mojo, which I think he got, you know, towards the end of the game last week. He was hitting them pretty consistently, but – you know, he, he's got to get out of his own head and kind of clean the slate. But uh, I believe in Boswell. I think people need to chill out. Uh, yeah. He's a great kicker, and uh, he'll find his mojo again. I'm hoping he does as well. Uh, one thing I was happy to see in that game 
as well. It seemed like Antonio Brown is starting to get back in the swing. He didn't he didn't seem to have any sideline issues this week, and he was working really hard in the passing sets, even though he didn't get a ton of yards. He had a big touchdown. Uh, he seemed to be blocking a lot better and running his routes very crisply. You know what, man? A.D. gets a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that guy's under a microscope, 24-7, 365. He steps out of line. He steps up out of line. He eats the wrong thing. He's in the news. And I don't think that's very fair, but he's the greatest receiver on the planet, and that just kind of comes with that title, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, if you look back to last year, the first few games of the season, he started slow, yeah. you know. That's just that's how it went, and then he just exploded. Yeah. And uh, right now, he's in a similar boat. But you saw what he did on that very basic hook route, mm-hmm. caught the ball, made a guy miss, Yep. And his explosion, once he made that first guy miss, that speed, mm-hmm. th- that just shows you why A.B. is the best in the business. Yeah. He made that look so easy, and it's not. So, you know, I, I think uh, also, I mean, he's always getting doubled and triple teamed, yeah. uh, as he should, because he's the best receiver in the world. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think as the season progresses, you know, him and Ben also look like they're not on the same page. Um, and that comes with A.B. missing a lot of those of training camp, a lot of the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that might delay the progress and the you know comfort level and the chemistry for a few weeks. So, I think that's only going to get better that connection. But in the meantime, Ben has that right now with Juju, and I don't think Steelers, you know, Steelers fans are going to complain about that. Uh, AB complain about it because he wants the ball, but his his touches will come. I promise you that. No, oh, you're right. And it was also good to see uh, Connor still getting 95 yards of total offense with his uh, 20 touches on both running and receiving. And he's really working out, especially good to see him at the end of the game where he wasn't doing a whole lot on the ground. He started to bang out the really tough yardage, getting the long runs and getting the first downs to close out the clock. Yeah, man. I know. I I can't say enough about James Connor right now. I Mm. think he's played great football so far this season. Um, being thrust in that starting role. Uh, I think he's a great player. I think he has the potential to be very, very good in this league. Um, but last week, yeah, I mean, you, you have to look at the fact that David DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert were out. That's your whole right side of the offensive line. Yeah. Um, two, yep. <laughs> two really, really good players in this league. Yeah. So it looks like we'll hopefully have both back this week, mm-hmm. um, which will be huge for the run game. But, uh, you know, Connor is has explosive speed um, more so than Le'Veon Bell, which which I think is an asset to the team. He hits the edge quicker, and uh, he explodes quicker through the hole. But uh, the one thing I've, I like seeing at the end of the game is just his physicality, you know, running people over. He's got two hands on the ball like Jerome Bettis. You know, he, yep. he's just kind of plowing through the holes and knocking guys down, getting as much, you know, as, as many yards as he can. So, it's, uh, I'm excited for the kid. I hope this week, you know, this is his first, you know, uh, start against the Ravens for this rivalry. So yeah. I'm excited uh, to see what he can do this weekend. I am too. And it's, you know, I don't miss Le'Veon Bell as much now with as well as Connor is showing. He could be so diverse in the offense. I know we've had some off um, – you know, in between the week, in between the game season news, possible trade situations for Bell. Do you put any uh, thought or, or any any um, 
interest in Bell possibly being traded to another team this season? I would not be surprised if it happens. I think it's going to be very difficult because you would essentially have to reach an agreement with Le'Veon and his agent to come in and sign the tag Mm -hmm. to essentially then be traded to another team. And uh, the offer itself has to be good. And obviously Le'Veon would have to essentially agree to sign with whatever team the Steelers are hoping to make the trade with. So there are a lot of factors there, which I think is going to make it really difficult. Also, the Steelers are going to want a high return Mm -hmm. for Le'Veon Bell, one of the best backs in the league, or he was, um, you know, sitting out this long, not in football shape. I don't think he's in good physical shape right now either. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's really – I feel bad because he's not playing this the right way. I think he's getting really bad advice from his agent, Adisa Bakari. I think that's been very evident in how the situation's been handled. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of knowing Le'Veon since his rookie season. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a good guy, and I think he's kind of lost his way. I wish him the best, but, man, this is – it's going to get ugly, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers trade him for a washing machine. To be honest, because <laughs> right Just now, to get you know, something. if I were the Rooney's, I would not let that guy back in the locker room. Yeah. Because I don't know if you uh, if you heard what James Harrison said uh, this past week. I yes. essentially said if I were Le'Veon Bell, I'd come back at the the last possible second, mm-hmm. and then I'd I'd show what I'm able to do in practice all week. And Saturday, something's not right. I don't feel right. I can't play tomorrow. Yeah. And essentially telling him to come back, fake an injury, and just kind of coast the rest of the season. So if I'm the Rooney, I don't want that guy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I would either rescind the tag or trade him. Um, I think you, you know, I think the goal would be to get a key playmaker for him, player for player, yeah. or get a second round draft pick um, for him. But, uh, you know, from what they're saying right now, the offers aren't that great, which okay. I believe we're saying third or fourth, yeah. uh, which honestly would suck uh, for a player like that. But at the same time, we don't know what kind of player he's going to be when he comes back, you know. Uh, the, the, the decisions that are being made with his time right now could affect that. So yeah. uh, I'm not surprised that other teams are, you know, kind of being uh, careful with what they're offering. And this is one of the oddest holdouts I've seen. I, I know he is locked into the franchise tag. Players have held out for the franchise tag before in the past um, for full seasons or for 10 games. But in his situation, he wanted to be paid like a, a top back in the league. Steelers have made him uh, two contract offers in the past two years that would have made him the, 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 most, the highest paid uh, running back in the league. And even with the tag, I mean, you're talking about 14.4 million this year would would have been the full tag. The last year we're on the 12 million. That's a, that over two years. You're talking about 26, 27 million for uh, for running back. That's that's great uh, value for two years worth of work. But now since he's sitting out and he's losing on 855 thousand each week that he chooses not to play, uh, to me the only way it seems like his agent can save face is if they work out a trade and the, the team that they trade him to is willing to pay him the full tag amount uh, from the money he lost from sitting out. Um, that would be the only way that I think he would come back early. And there is a rule within if you're tagged, you can pay somebody more than the tag amount. 
Um, but they yeah. are locked into that tag. I don't think they do that though. Mm-hmm. I think they would pay what's left of the tag, uh-huh. and I think that would be it'd be it because once again, they they've seen kind of the poor decisions that Le'Veon has been making. You know, going to nightclubs and strip clubs and yeah. on jet skis and looking overweight and not training and and just like just acting like a child. And honestly, if I were a GM of another team, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, overpay for a guy who. I've seen make poor decisions the last, you know, two, three months. So I, I don't know, man. The whole situation sucks. And, uh, you know, but honestly, I don't want a player like that in uh, the locker room. So, yeah. you know, I wish him the best. See you later. Yeah. Well, there's one good situation coming up, and we have the greatest rivalry in the NFL with Baltimore Ravens coming into Pittsburgh this week. The weather is supposed to be clear and in the 60s. And I hear you're going to join us in Pittsburgh this weekend. Yeah, man, coming out from L.A., I'm super excited. Uh, I'm going to be bringing my friend Q to the great. Nice. Uh, one of the most talented, talented dancers on the planet. Uh, oh, this fantastic. guy has almost 3 million followers on Instagram. Every video he posts goes viral. Mm. So we're going to stop by the tailgate and uh, looking forward to it, man. That's great. Is he a Steeler fan as well? Oh, die hard. This kid, he reps the Steelers 24-7. But what's great about this story is he's never been to Pittsburgh, and he's never been to a game. Wow. So I'm going to, you know, be able to make that happen for him, which is great. I've had a lot of people and help me with that. So very thankful to kind of make this kid's dream a reality this weekend. That is awesome. Well, you picked the right game to take him to. And um, the crazy thing is now I've been looking at the Baltimore Ravens offensive roster and it seems like now it is. Joe Flacco and Alex Collins are the only returning major skill players on offense. I mean, you have their entire wide receiver core has been gutted, uh, gone. Are Rashid Pierman and Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin, and now they have a whole new wide receiver set with Michael Crabtree in from San Francisco. You got John Brown in from Arizona. You got Willie Sneed from New Orleans. And then they drafted two brand-new tight ends in uh, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews to pair along with Max Williams. So this is, seems like a completely new offense. And um, it, it's, to me, it would seem like there would be some growing pains, but they seem to be having some success already this season. Yeah, I mean, after the season they had last year, I think you had to get the whole offense. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think they were a complete mess offensively. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised. I mean, Perriman, how many years did he just oh, play three snaps and get hurt? I mean, it yeah. sucks, but he, he had to go. So I'm not surprised. Um, but they, they brought in a lot of really talented guys. I think uh, John Brown is a very shifty Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Cooks type receiver. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see who they put on him. Mm-hmm. But uh, Michael Trapp. Crabtree, I would not be surprised if Joe Hayden's on him all game. Um, uh, Am I threatened by Crabtree? No, not really. I I think he's more of a veteran. I think Mm -hmm. Willie Sneed could create more problems than Crabtree, to be quite honest. So um, it'll be interesting, but uh, I I think the defense has to come out with that confidence and swagger that they played the whole first half. Mm -hmm. But uh, they they cannot do what they did in in the second half. I mean, that's that's kind of like the Steelers' identity so far right now defensively this season is, is, you know, show signs of brilliance where they, you know, have, what was it, three or four turnovers in the first half last week. Yeah. And then the second half, you know, the offense 
lays a goose egg and the, the defense gives up, you know, 20-some points. I mean, it's just like that can't happen. No, no, I agree with that. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's amazing how much they've seemed to be a recommitting to the tight end position, you know, kind of like the days when they had Dennis Pitta, Todd Heap. You always expected that big body in the center of the field to help in both the running game and athletic enough to go down the field. They invested two draft picks this year. Um, I know, um, um, uh, who is it? Hurst is working his way back from injury. It looks like he's going to play this week, and Andrews is already making some some waves himself. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden Hurst had a, had a good preseason. Uh, yep. That kid is uh, pretty good. So I'm, I'm uh, I mean, I'm not going to say he's a Travis Kelsey or anything like that, but mm. I think he, he could create some issues for us since we seem to have some issues covering tight ends so far this season. Um, but you know what, man? I, I think the only way we lose this game is by losing it ourselves. Uh, yeah. I, I think turning the ball over, I think, you know, giving up big plays, you know, penalties. It's still last week there were a lot of just penalties that weren't necessary. Yeah. You know, whether, you know, Boston jumping on, you know, Fitzpatrick, you know, just like plays that aren't just mental lapses that yeah. just can't happen because you know Darius Hayward Bay had the 15-yard penalty right yes. and then he was joining at the referee and yeah. then they threw another flag so you yeah. just gave the the Buccaneers 30 yards yeah right there in that instance so I think you know I think they have to be smart and keep a level head mm -hmm. but I will say defensively they came out of the gates yesterday yeah. on the first few snaps flying and mm -hmm. hard hitting yeah. Um, they were trying to set the tone, and I love that because I think the Steelers have a really athletic defense. Yes. It's very young, obviously losing a guy like Ryan Shazier and plugging in Bostick. To, I mean, Ryan was a quarterback of the defense, yeah. and now you're trying to figure out communication and all that. So that, that's a whole new thing they're trying to deal with this year, and I get it. Mm -hmm. But there's so much talent, you know, I love what I'm seeing out of Sean Davis in that secondary. I think he's owning that role back there. I yeah. think he's the quarterback in the secondary. Nice. I think that kid has a lot of talent. I think he can make the Pro Bowl in the next few years. Wow. He's a big, strong, fast safety. I mean, he's running around like Sean Taylor back there. I, I mean, uh, he's yeah. literally throwing his body around and mm. just trying to, you know, impose his will. And that's the kind of guy you want a guy back there that, like, receivers and tight ends are going to be like, huh. I better be careful because, uh, you know, 21 is going to knock my head off. And so I, I really think, you know, with his athleticism and him playing around his new role, I think, you know, give him a few more weeks, and I think he could really, really own that spot. And he is. He's doing a fantastic job. I'm, I'm just happy to have a free safety back there that can make some plays on the ball. After having to suffer yeah. through uh, Mike Mitchell last year, it, it seemed like he just could not get to the ball in time. He couldn't even make tackles. Yeah. I mean, it was really yeah, tough to see him decline the way he declined because he was a good player. Uh, but it is really nice to see, you know, the Steelers not even have to go out and draft or, or bring in a, a free safety. We've been loading up on strong safeties because they say, hey, you know, we got Sean Davis. Sean Davis, hey, well, you can be slot corner if you want to be slot corner. You can be strong safety. Now we're going to move you to free safety. You know you'll be good because you're right. He's incredibly fast. He's incredibly uh, talented, athletic, and, and he's big. He's tall. So, so he, he's, he's got, got the range, he's got the length, and he's making these plays that other free safeties just can't make. Yeah, and it, it was awesome to see Troy Edmonds get his first interception yeah. uh, yes. so far of his young career. 
Um, obviously, he had, a, I think, a few in the preseason, but this is obviously his first official one. Um, threw it right to him, but, hey, he made the play, so we'll take it. And he so, turned right um, upfield immediately. He yes, looked, he you know, Troy Polamalu-esque as he turns from a, a defender into an offensive player, and he's looking for that end zone every time he gets the ball, too. You know what? I, I kind of thought of Troy as well when he caught it and turned upfield and was shaking those shoulders like Troy yep. used to do and, yep. and making guys miss. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a guy I'm, I'm really intrigued, intrigued to see how he grows because I think he's also a very athletic, special player. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, if Morgan Burnett keeps getting hurt, man, I say just roll with Terrell Edmonds because it's uh, – it's not seeming uh, to be a consistent thing for Morgan Burnett. But you know what I'd also like to see? I want to see Marcus Allen. I want him to get a hat on game day, and I want to see what they can do. You know, they've been plugging uh, Matt Verhey a few times, giving yeah. him some, you know, helmets each each and every week. But you know what? I want to see a big physical safety like Marcus Allen, yeah. like very Sean Davis-esque because uh, – that's kind of what we need right now. Yeah. Um, so that that's one thing I'd love to see. Hopefully at some point this season we can see that because um, I think he'd be a great special teamer and hopefully we can pluck him in and kind of our dollar hybrid defenses because he's essentially as big as a linebacker. He's basically like Cam Chancellor. So yes. I want to see this kid as well. No, oh, I, I, I'd like to see him get in as well. I mean, he showed how athletic and, and how he can affect a defense in that last preseason game, which I think got him on the roster. Um, it yep. solidified him in a spot on the roster. They, they couldn't leave him open. Somebody was going to snatch him up. But you're right. I, I think oh, they've been sure. giving uh, Nat the hat. Obviously, he's the veteran. He's the uh, special teamer. But, you know, and I also know that um, Allen was working some uh, injuries all through training camp. He really didn't get into the last two preseason yep. games. So he's got to show yeah. what he could do. Hopefully he can really get up to speed here soon in the next couple of weeks, start earning a hat, getting those special teams reps, and hopefully getting in in those money backer positions and giving some more athleticism on the field. I'd, I'd agree with that completely. Um, conversely, we go to the other side of the field on the other defense. They still have – one of the oldest players in the league playing at a high level and <laughs> ultimate Steeler killer in Terrell Suggs. Um, I know yeah. what he brings every time he's coming into a Steeler game. He's looking to take off somebody's head. He's the ultimate competitor, and he's somebody you have to keep an eye out for. Uh, he, he, he's a guy you love to hate. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he is very good. you got to respect him. But, you know, us Steeler fans, we hate that guy. We <laughs> hated him for a long time. Just, we hate his smile. We hate his mouth. His yeah. attitude. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's just a guy that you love to hate. Yeah. So, I mean, credit to him. He's a great player. But yeah. uh, I, I would love to see uh, you know the tackle shut him down this week. Um, but uh, I mean, I, that that defense I think is decent. Uh, it's not a defense like Jacksonville where I'm you know really concerned about. So I think if we protect the football. I, I really see us coming out uh, with a win this week. Yeah. yeah and C.J. Mosley, I know he's working his way back from an injury. It looks like he practiced fully yesterday. We'll, we'll see how he, yep. he didn't practice the day before. Um, and since he didn't play then the previous week, it looks like he's trying to work his way back for Steelers week, which is a little extra incentive for anybody that's injured. Uh, looking at the Steelers roster here, they're – they seem to be getting pretty healthy here now. Like we were talking earlier with the Castro and Gilbert, that they were full practice participants the last two game, last two uh, days. Uh, Morgan Burnett went from a full practice on Thursday to limited yesterday. 
and we had Mike Hilton and Juju Smith-Schuster both return to practice on a limited basis yesterday with not practicing uh, the previous day. So it's nice to see Juju and Hilton at least getting some practice time. I guess today is going to determine whether or not they're going to be in the game. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't think Juju has any major issues to worry about. I'm sure they're just giving him some rest as he uh, he needs it for him, you know, carrying the receiving core the last few weeks. But, uh, you know, Hilton's the guy I'm really concerned about. That that injury he sustained last week was really hard to watch. His, mm. his arm just kind of snapped oh, back. And, like, it was like, it a, was, it it was was like a rubber band yeah. slingshot the way it popped out yeah. from under his body. I, I, I thought it was that broken was when I saw it in real time, and I'm happy me, that it's only a hyperextension. Yeah, so I, I was excited to say and to hear that it was not broken, and um, we'll we'll see. It was good to hear he's back in practice. I mean, Hunter Wolf were talking about it, and they yeah. said that you know they played with that before. You just tape it up and you go. Wow. So uh, I I also don't want it to be a lingering thing for him. So mm. you might see Cam Sutton get more snaps or mm. full snaps with him this week, which is fine. Yeah. But uh, obviously he's a gamer and uh, he makes plays and he's a solid tackler. So. I would hate to not see him on the field. So uh, hopefully we get uh, to see Mike Hilton on the field this week. Yes. And uh, what's – I guess the last thing we need to talk about for the game is um, the strategies and the matchups. Uh, I know with the – at least from my perspective, the Ravens attacking the Steelers' defense, I think they're going to be a little bit more tight end heavy, uh, utilizing the pass catching of, of the uh, their two young rookies and even maybe working in Max a little bit. Um, and that's something that's been a difficult thing for the Steelers to defend, but hopefully with the extra safeties, hopefully the uh, um, maybe even bringing up Thomas from, uh, from, the, from the depths of the roster right now to get in to, to, to match up on these bigger receivers that it might make for, uh, for a more interesting game. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Baltimore, I'm, I'm trying to hit John Brown. Mm. So long. You know, the, we don't know how the Ravens love the, uh, the pass ball. interference play. Yep. <laughs> Jump ball so, Joe loves heaving it down the field. That's it. And then, you know, the receiver falls down. There's yeah. your 70 yards right there. But I, I think they're going to, you know, use him as Kansas City used Jackson Kill, uh, very much the same player. Um, so I think they use him a lot. Um, Alex Collins had a big day against us last year. Yeah. So we really got to watch the perimeter plays because uh, Collins can really get to the outside quick. Uh, and obviously without Frenchies here, that sideline to sideline speed is not there. Yeah. So uh, I'm really hoping that uh, we can kind of contain the run and force Flacco to beat us because, uh, to be quite honest, Flacco doesn't you know do much for me anymore. I really don't think he's uh, where he was yeah. as a threat. Mm-hmm. perspective so um i think they're going to do a lot of dump offs you know attack the middle of the field and then attack us downfield with uh john brown so yeah um we'll see so how do you see this game ending what's what's your score prediction for this week i mean it's always close man <laughs> i i expect it to be a, a three-point game yeah um so i who knows i mean i i think the Steelers come out on top just because uh, they, they showed great signs last week, and I would like to think that the way this team is coached and the veteran players that we have on this team, that we can kind of build off of that and not take a step backwards. As Mike Conlon would say, our arrow is pointing up. Yeah. So I would like to think the Steelers win by three. Not be surprised if Boswell redeems himself. 
the late uh, field goal to win the game. That would be fantastic. And I'm on the same way as well, but with the way this offense is firing now, I don't see this offense scoring less than 30 points a game, uh, especially against this Baltimore defense currently. It's not the old Baltimore defense, which is a little bit more aggressive. This is a, you know, more of an a defense that's in flux. I think we can put up some points. I think we could even hit the 40-point mark. The problem is I think the Ravens could probably hit the 40-point mark too. So hopefully we can win like a 43-42 game. Uh, like we had last year, or last yeah, last year was the big blow or the big uh, high-scoring matchup that we had against each other. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go 34-31, Pittsburgh. No. Um, I know uh, Ryan Tizier won an award last night. That guy's an inspiration, so I want to c- congratulate him. Wonderful. Uh, he's working he's working his way back, man, and uh, you you gotta love that guy. On what did What did he win an award for? Uh, it, I, I want to say it was like the Courageous Award. Um, I forget what it fell under. I'm sure we can look that up. But uh, I just yeah, got to give props to, to Ryan. He's an inspiration for everyone, uh, no matter what you're dealing with. And uh, I just pray for him every single day. We should leave, my man. Oh, I, I hear. I hear it. The other courage award. You're right. At caring for kids at the caring for kids dinner. I just looked it up here. So yes. Perfect. What, a, what a great and what what a great inspiration for for children for people working back from injuries, learning how to walk again. I mean, he is really an inspiration for not only Steeler fans but just anyone that really really has some adversity they have to deal with in their lives. Yeah, I mean, he he is determined. To make his way back on the field and from what I know about the guy and I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a few years one of the best guys in general not athletes people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing and and he is one of the most mentally tough people that I've had the pleasure of knowing so mm. he is a guy that I fully expect uh, well, I don't know if it will be next year or the year after but Ryan Chazier will return to the football field, you know, God willing. So, wish him the best. I am praying for that as well. He's one of my favorites. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G. Stryker with Brad Lambert, rooting along with you this weekend from beautiful Pittsburgh. And as always, go Steelers!